I'm Hollywood author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I am Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Tom. Welcome. When's the last time one of us wrote a column? Uh, think of it. Two weeks ago. I wrote one like wrote, about a week and a half ago. I wrote ago. one two weeks ago, and yeah. I'm working on one. Yeah, me too, in my brain. No, anyway, I'm working on one on paper. Welcome handwritten. to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length. That is us. That is us. Welcome. So, I have all these friends who play World of Warcraft, including my brother, who oh, yeah. I used to be able to count on for um, football. Veronica just perked up in the most shocking way. I wasn't listening at all, and then I heard something about World of Warcraft, <laughs> and I was like, whoop, oh, oh, yours? And she is one of them. Hmm? It's the new, I don't know, they're evangelists. It's like the new religion sweeping the nation, World of Warcraft. And they all go, have you played it yet? Have you played it yet? Have you played it yet? There's um, two CNET teams that I know of. One is Horde. One is Alliance. Good Lord. Bad I'm, news, I'm, I'm Veronica. I'm a, I'm a so see. Blizzard has edited its BlizzCon page to rule out the possibility of World of Warcraft making an appearance on Xbox 360. Yes. That is the bad news we have for all you World of Warcraft evangelists this, out there. According to the Inquirer, However, not the Enquirer. Personally, the I have to say that I am happy because that means that all my Halo 2 buddies will still be playing Halo 2 and will not abandon me for World of Warcraft like everyone else has. Maybe there needs to be a Flintstones meets Jetsons moment for Veronica, World of Warcraft Veronica and Halo. Veronica just looks like we um, shot no, her puppy. No, I, I play on my Mac, so I don't care. Oh, all right. Anyway, it's well, big news. It's a, I think it's a bit of a blow, possibly, to the Xbox 360. It is a bit of a blow. I a don't know how blow. serious of a blow, I but mean, it's, it wasn't, not, it's not insignificant. It's not out for Xbox anyway. Mm-hmm. But considering that this is the game that literally is the new cocktail party discussion du jour, at least in my bizarre little circles. <laughs> Oscar Wilde and F. Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> discussing the their whole, World of Warcraft yeah. teams. Politics, real estate, and World of Warcraft. The whole argument about whether console games can make this jump to PC gaming and back. Mm-hmm. It's just what is better suited for what kind of... Is World, System. is World of Warcraft available on any console? You know what? I don't know. I feel like it's not. I don't think it is. I think it's 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 compatible between Mac and PC. Right. But it's definitely, I don't know if there's any console versions But right now it's just there. a PC but game. But I'm not, don't quote me on that. Okay. Quote Veronica. <laughs> quote, quote Veronica. Quoteth. No, no wow on consoles. Anyway, um, that leads us into an, the next story i saw today on news.com which is kind of about there's a women's game conference being held uh in texas now and they are discussing discussing like how no one's there because women don't play their new games it's an in austin <laughs> texas yes um, you know yeah and this is this is kind of sad <laughs> <laughs> at the women's game conference there's not that many girls no. um it's just you There's know? 200 people at the conference, <laughs> it's a s- and only 80 percent. There are 200 people at the conference, <laughs> and 80 percent of them are women. Are there booth babes that are men? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why there aren't as many women. Perhaps I should fly down there and check it out. Uh, you know, this is one of those self fulfilling things in a, in a little be. in a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, the fact of the matter is. Like it or not, the majority of gamers right now are men, mm-hmm. and so when well, they go and they make their titles, yeah. they make them for you know the demographic, and more importantly, and it reinforces the majority the of game developers are men. So there you go. Well, for that, example, that you, just adds to the fire. Yeah, you have this woman who's a um, assistant program director for electronic game and interactive development at a, a college in Burlington, Vermont, and she says that only eighteen of the program's hundred students are women. So you you kind of don't have that perspective in terms of creating games. But what I am curious about is whether there are certain types of games that women do or do not like to play. For example, when I was in high school, I dated a guy who played Civilization and was like, this is the most awesome game because you get to rule your own. I would rather die 
Really? See, we are so different in that way. Yeah, that's the, and here are two women gamers, and Veronica and I have completely different mm-hmm. interests when it comes to gaming. I do not like first-person shooters. Oh, yeah, see, I love them. I'm like an M-Porg, like, Blech. RPG, Blech. you know, Civ, Age of Empires, Blech. Sims, total. And Blech. I feel like, I feel like that is almost <laughs> the, I feel like more... In my experience, more women that I know have been into that kind of game. I think that's true, yeah. But I think what we may find is that that's probably not the way to go around it. Go, go about trying to get women gamers by saying, well, you'll like The Sims because it's no. like this, whereas I cannot mm-hmm. stand it. And you'll I love Barbie Dream up. Horse because yeah, you're a exactly. girl. Okay, no. there's right. a really great anecdote that I saw online. I can't remember whether it was from Boing Boing or somewhere. But um, someone, there's a Bratz game, you know, that, that mm-hmm. kids thing, like the girls that are all dressed up cool mm. they're little dolls and they made a game about it and some um analyst or someone like that said oh is this what we're teaching our girls because apparently you walk around and you can do quests and kind of pick up money also mm. like oh that are we going to teach our young girls that women can just pick up money on the street oh yeah i saw that too. <laughs> and, what? And, a, yeah. and one of the like creators or someone responded back saying um zelda mario sonic yeah. the hedgehog have like, you <laughs> how can have you have you ever <laughs> played a game Exactly. Well, this this conversation between YouTube actually makes me think two things. One is the problem is marketing towards guys instead of just marketing towards gamers. Right. Because you know what? Gamers of all stripes come in all different sizes, mm-hmm. genders, Yeah, flavors. and they like different kinds of yeah. games too. And right. number two is, I mean, it's just gaming. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. Do we? It's, is this really a it social a, issue I mean, that we it, should be pursuing? Because the terms of the of the debate are very similar to the debate about not enough women are in science, right? And, and that not enough women are in technology, mm-hmm. right? And I think I think the gaming is an offshoot of that, and that's why it sounds so familiar. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very true. And one thing that is of interest in possible sort of has some social implication, I guess, is that game development is a really interesting technological branch. It's probably one of the industries that during the dot-com boom was one of the few that was on the rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there are a lot of opportunities for women who are programmers who want to get into game developing. So I can see trying to maybe push that more, but it's true. Should we really be spending our time trying to get women to play video games? I don't know. Well, yeah. When will we find I time to I think it's cook? more important to talk. <laughs> yeah, Make and babies. babies and stuff. Um, no, technology will fix that. Anybody can have a baby Babies soon, are just but. future Halo players. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not so much about the playing of the games. It's what you hit on. It's about the, the, the jobs and the ability to get, you know, get a job being a programmer and a developer. Yes. That should be open to everyone. Also, though, possibly women just aren't going to want. It's I just mean, the interest level. It is. You know, well, like you and, can't really. Yeah. I don't know. There's plenty of games that I find interesting or attractive that mm-hmm. I just don't play because I'm like you know what I don't think I'd really be into that game like no amount of marketing is really going to make it's me really play work, a game yeah. or make me not play you're a either going to want to play it or not yeah I like to watch tv and therefore I like to play console games and I like first person shooters I don't know why but I will admit that the halo the xbox live community is extremely okay I'm awesome at ghost recon though yeah I'll what? take that as a challenge. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Okay, party right. later. We'll be podcasting on this later. <laughs> uh, moving on, Canon, according to Slashdot, is introduced or is talking about a new fuel cell that may drive portable gear. Now, this is a big deal because mm-hmm. battery life, as people are fond of pointing out, is the big limiter on mobile devices. Yes. The better the battery life, the more they can do and the more you can do with them. So small fuel cells, small hydrogen fuel cells have been seen as a possible savior of lots of different ideas that are limited by battery life. Yeah, so, I think primarily they talk about it in the laptop yeah, well, arena. Yeah, definitely in the laptops, MP3 players, mobile mm-hmm. phones. 
But Canon has taken the wraps off a prototype rechargeable hydrogen fuel cell, the likes of which may one day power digital cameras, media players, and printers, just like we said. One day. So it's it's a you know it's a prototype though, right. and that's that's a step farther than well, on the drawing board. It's also more environmentally friendly than some of the prototypes we've seen from Toshiba, Sanyo, and NEC. They've been working on fuel cells also. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, slash dot, the posting points out that we had expected to see fuel cell-driven notebook computers by now, but we haven't. But apparently, Canon's technology gets hydrogen from a refillable cartridge that has no toxic byproducts, whereas some of the other ones do produce small amounts of carbon dioxide. So, yeah, and... So. and- you know, people talk about fuel cells in relationship to cars, too, mm-hmm. or in relationship. More often. In their relationships with cars. In their relationships with cars. In relation to cars, they talk about fuel cells. That is a much more difficult thing to do. Yes. Because of the power needed yes. and the ability to charge them and deliver hydrogen. So the smaller fuel cells are often seen as, a, as an easier win. Right. And we're still having Maybe problems with them. Maybe a stepping stone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but speaking of new and crazy technology... <laughs> There's a story on news.com today about what is likely to become the universal translator. Yeah. Oh my I'll gosh. be able to understand the Klingons when they come. <laughs> this is the craziest story ever. It's software and hardware to make it easier for people who speak different languages to understand each other. But it is just crazy. Well, basically, this thing will translate on the fly uh-huh. while other people are talking. Uh, that's one application. It does a lot of things. There actually. are multiple prototypes. But one application called lecture translation translates a speech from one language to another on the fly without restrictions. Right. So, so you don't have you to train the application. You don't have to have a to limited a vocabulary. And boom. Now, one thing, translator. this isn't a universal translator, obviously. It's right. not going to take unknown languages and figure them out <laughs> like, fish. like in Star Trek. <laughs> but uh, but it but Dolphin it does you know for, for any languages that it knows mm-hmm. that it is programmed to know it, it can translate on the fly. One of it's the proto- prototype. One but- of the prototypes is translation glasses that will actually transcribe these streaming translations into subtitles and then display them on a little tiny LCD inside some glasses. That'd be really distracting. And if you think that's cool, then there's the (laughs) muscle translator electrodes Ah, that capture electrical signals from facial muscle movements Ah. so that they can translate your movements into speech without you actually speaking. I love this. So let's say you're in a movie. Want to take a call? No problem. You got the muscle translator on. You just mouth the words. Yeah, but then everyone's saying next to you is... <laughs> Maybe Ew. the way you talk. <laughs> this is so cool. And then it says conceivably the electrodes could be replaced with wireless chips implanted in a person's oh. face. And then just when you speak, it will be translated. And when the nanocytes that got into you through the membranes in your eyeballs because they're sub um, you know, submicroscopic, they could just receive the transmission from the mouth and translate inside well, your then head. Why don't they just stick something in your brain and you think it? And oh yeah, that's the that's, um, oh, yeah. Um, Next that's logical the Spanish move. doctor. Uh, <laughs> that oh, was yeah. featured they're, in Scientific that, American. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, back in, he did that oh. that work back in the '60s. What was his name? Jose Delgado. Jose Delgado. It was in last month's Scientific American about how he did all this stuff with putting chips in your brain to control different mm-hmm. aspects of mm-hmm. your brain. Well, as long as it's not a little fish in my ear, I'm happy. This is the new generation Tower of Babel. The next, you know, ours, our own. Yeah, it, I mean, it even gets crazier. It can target. Different translations to different parts of the room. You def- definitely yeah. worth specific taking a look at this story. Specific translations to specific people. So it's on news.com today. Yep, check it out. It's on the top part. 
All right. Uh, we got an email. I actually want to jump ahead to email yes. real quick to talk about uh, Nigel's email. Mm -hmm. uh, he was requesting, um, it was actually a long email and some good stuff in there, but among other things, he was requesting that we do a little more product stuff on the podcast. Yeah, which was interesting. Uh, he would appreciate a few, hey, the TV guys at CNET have just done a comparison of portable 72-inch Green Ray VHS systems and <laughs> found that Tostiba has really got a technology lead right now. Funny. It's actually pretty hilarious Funny uh, guy. email. But... Uh, we decided that, yes, that is a good idea. So, among other things, uh, whenever we pick a new Editor's Choice product, we'll we'll highlight it here on the podcast. Yes. Uh, let us know what you think of that. Email us, buzz at cnet.com. But the latest one that we just chose day ago, two days ago, was the so. Canon PowerShot S80. Mm -hmm. um, it's their new flagship S-series model. It stands out in its class, according to shams Tarek, our reviewer <laughs> and uh the good being great image quality snappy performance sturdy and attractive eight megapixels by the way yeah <laughs> eight yeah yeah and a pretty good price for an eight megapixel camera it's under six hundred dollars online we gave it an 8.0 out of 10 and the users are giving it a 7.0 out of 10 mm -hmm. so Check and that's only out. that's only six users so that's a little little bit under the the sample but yeah yeah but still. so there you go canon power shot s80 looking for a good snapshot if you're looking for a good snapshot 8 megapixel camera, it runs, <laughs> for in, 600 the, bucks. It runs in the yeah, on out. five to $600 range. Depending yeah, on. not too bad. All right. Okay, moving on. Math. Math uh, news. In you, math news. <laughs> and now from our math department. <laughs> oh, wait. That just sounds like a college. Girls don't like math. <laughs> math is hard. <laughs> I prefer to go shopping. All right. This, that's me. This story is cool as well. Ma this was on Boing Boing today. Math proves you can stop a table wobble just by rotating it. So if you're out in a coffee shop and the table's wobbling, don't go find books to stick under the the mm -hmm. uh, the the legs. Don't don't try to prop it up with a piece of paper. Just rotate it. Mm -hmm. And actually, this guy Martin has proven that this is the case. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of discipline. I'm assuming it's some sort of topography. But uh, time after time, Martin would find himself rotating a table to look for a stable position, and he would always find one, and people were amazed that it works. So more than 10 years ago, Martin decided to see if he could find some proof that a stable state always exists. Mm -hmm. He believed that he'd found one, even presented it at summer school in 1998, but he never wrote it up and discovered that in any case, it wasn't completely correct. But now he believes, according to the full article, that he has a more watertight case. So he's gone public with it, and he's looking for mathematicians basically to find out whether it's true. So if you have a video phone, and you find a table that wobbles, and you can show it being rotated all the way around without finding a stable state, then you can... Video, yes. <laughs> you can send that video, uh, put that video up on the web and prove him wrong. And prove him wrong. No, yeah, he, he thinks there he thinks there will be proof, but there isn't proof yet. I think this is pretty cool, though. And it's I'm going to try it from now on, anytime I'm Math is cool. Uh, also, a uh, walking nanoscale molecule walks like a little guy. Walking around your brain, receiving transmissions UC and translating. UC Hello. Riverside nano researchers have engineered a single molecule that walks a straight line on two feet. Cool. It's really cute, too. Two feet. That's hey, also on board. It could ride today. in the little nano car. It's like Nano Barbie World. Yeah. They'll have fun. Nano Dream House. They'll have fun. Nano Corvette. They'll have fun in your brain. <laughs> Not funny, Tom. Uh, Slashdot real quickly has a posting about OpenOffice being bloated. Our very own ZDNet's George O has been writing a series post about OpenOffice bloat. And you know what? I can back you up on that because I use it and it's, it's slower. 
Oh, it is slower. That's it's too bad. It's not so much slower that I can have had to stop using it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it does open things a little slower. And according to some of these more intensive tests, like really big spreadsheets uh, can take up to three minutes that take much less time. Oh my goodness. In Microsoft Excel. So I still advocate open office wow. rather than spending money on Microsoft office, but I call on you Microsoft, open source community. Fix it. Yeah. Microsoft office still a little bit better in, in a lot of ways. Crazy. But you know what? Open Office, free. Crazy talk, yeah. So Free is almost always better. Yeah. Free as in beer. All right, we got some voicemails to get to. Yeah, we got a good one from um, Brian. Yeah. Hi, Tom, Molly, and Veronica. This is Brian from Michigan. Um, about the Microsoft, Yahoo, and Internet Archive digitizing public domain books, it hasn't Project Gutenberg already done that? And as for Molly being in a bubble, I don't think she should be, but the BART train should be in a bubble. That way they can't complain about the rain and get her to work on time. And I love the um, interviews as a bonus cast because it means I get to hear more of you. Thanks. Bye. That's a very good point about the Gutenberg library. There's a subtle difference between the two projects. Gutenberg isn't actually scanning the books in, as far as I understand it. They're just doing uh, the text of the books. Right. Um, and it's not all books. It's, it's not, not all, all public domain It's all books. books. They're going after a selection, whereas the, the Yahoo Microsoft project is uh, is for scanning the actual right. books pages in the and is trying is, to just do anything that's public. Domain. And the Gutenberg thing is more about books that are considered works of art, classics. They're trying to, to make think, us yeah, more educated. Anybody out there is a member of the Gutenberg Project. And I agree about Bart in a bubble, but Bart goes underground. That's close enough to a bubble for them to be able to figure out the rain thing. (laughs) Bart. Luckily, it didn't rain today, so I got to come to work. We had millions of emails asking that, Molly, please don't go in the bubble. (laughs) It's okay, folks. We'll keep her out of it. There is no bubble. All right. We got another voicemail from Adrian. Hey, Tom and Molly. This is Adrian over at uh, one of the shows, hosts for techpodcast.com. Um, we're not done with the whole laptop thing, the 20-incher. Molly, you really got to stop thinking about how you would use it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who would rather have just one huge laptop that they can move around the house so all their data is in one place because, frankly, Microsoft really sucks when it comes to sharing your data between multiple machines and having it easily accessible regardless of where you are in your house. Um, you know, there's users who would never take the laptop out of their house, and it's really a desktop replacement for them. Anyway, uh, and I only know this because I used to sell these things. Uh, Anyway, um, thanks for the great show, and no, Molly, you should not move into the bubble. (laughs) Bye. Uh, excuse me. You know what, Adrian? Oh, no, you didn't. She she didn't hear anything after your first phrase. Pretty much no, because he called me a big selfish jerk who's only n- thinking about myself. And I would like to point out that we have at least one email today from Michael who lives in Spain and agrees with me on the laptop debate because his 10-pound notebook is breaking his back. And we got several others. Thank you very much. You see, Adrian, you got to just, you know what? I know you didn't mean it, but just just don't ever start with you shouldn't or, or that kind of stuff with Molly. <laughs> Molly is difficult. I Okay, let me just clarify. I don't think that everyone should network their house with a bunch of clone computers instead of getting a laptop. But I do think if you're going to get a laptop, get a little one. That's all I'm saying. All right. I, do th- I still disagree with getting a desktop in every room in your house. Okay, fine. But that's fine. just me. I in feel fact, like... In fact, I'm, I'm taking it a step further. Don't even get a laptop. Get a trio. <laughs> ha ha. Oh, great. Now she's sponsored. Smaller. Smaller, smaller. Ooh. Ditch your laptops. Get a trio. 
maybe um, Palm doesn't know that we're sponsored by Trio yet, and they need to find out. So yeah, they can send us some money and maybe a new. Let's trio. be very clear: we are not sponsored <laughs> by Trio. <laughs> That's just Molly and her Trio love. <laughs> I don't care. I love it. All right, a couple more emails. Adam uh, writes in to say that he very much enjoyed having the separated interview with Cory Doctorow. He Everyone liked the idea like of seeing, of hearing, sort of the the ideas behind the hype. Somebody mm-hmm. who's actually out there practicing it. Uh, and he has personally read 20 to 30 books from an online sci-fi publisher called Bain, I think, B-A-E-N, mm-hmm. and has purchased 10 of those books. So, mm-hmm. And he would have never purchased any of them had he not been able to read a bunch of them for free. So, there you go. Very interesting. The idea is validated. And uh, Jeff apologizes for calling me Allie. And he's very sad today about the Astros. Oh, yeah, because the White Sox are world Very champions. sad. Congratulations to the south side of Chicago. I do like that name, Allie. Maybe we'll when just... I go in the bubble, I'll change it. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll be known therefore, there henceforth as Allie in the bubble. Allie in the bubble. Uh, also got one from Jeremy. He says he's just weighing in on the Google Print issue. Uh, and as he sees it, if you're going by the letter of the law, then Google Print would be illegal because he quotes, all rights reserved. No part of this publication may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted mm-hmm. in any form by any means electronic or otherwise. So interesting point. Because mm-hmm. they would be storing it in a retrieval system and transmitting at least parts of the text electronically. Yes. Uh, but as we have learned when we had Lawrence Lessig on the show, anytime you do anything, it's copyrighted all the time. Right. No matter what. Anywhere. So, well, and I think Google's argument is fair use. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. All right. And that is all we have today. Thanks, folks. Uh, if you want to weigh in on the bubble issue or the laptop issue or <laughs> women gaming or anything else. Just get else, a trio. Uh, Please don't. Play games on it, too. Uh, send us an email, buzz at cnet.com, or call us 1-800-616-CNET. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.